From Ontic Mind Consulting, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, comparing meibomian gland thermal treatment devices. I also will use that on patients that I am suspicious of evaporative dry eye meibomian gland dysfunction. As a result of the COVID-19 crisis, the 2020 annual meeting of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery could not be held as originally planned. I'm going to devote a number of podcast episodes to speakers who had prepared presentations. Today, we hear from Jennifer Lowe on different meibomian gland thermal treatment devices. In my practice, I use both advanced tier diagnostics and I also do thermal pulsation therapy uh, for, for patients who warrant it. I don't know how the things that I do compare to the things that I don't do in the context of my own practice, but that's exactly what you've studied. Can you tell me about this study? Okay. Yeah, great. Um, So what's interesting is I actually was able to speak with you earlier in the year about the study we were undertaking. And now the study has closed and we've been analyzing the results. Um, And we were, uh, we had submitted and had a paper accepted at Ascaris. Um, for 2020. Um, Basically, just to review, the study, the clinical trial that we were participating in was, as you say, looking at the difference between, or looking at basically meibomian gland treatments um, and and the capacity of treatment for dry eye. Uh, So thermal pulsation, uh, as well as lid and gland expression. Uh, so in our clinical trial that we were participating in, there was a comparison, it was a non-inferiority uh, comparative study, prospective, randomized, double masked, about whether the traditional thermal pulsation uh, technology brought about by Lipaflow, and it was comparing that to the newer technology called tear care. And tear care, as you and I discussed earlier, was uh, slightly different in, fact, in the fact that it utilized heat to warm the, the meibomian glands and to warm the meibom, but then it used the physician or um, <clears throat> other clinician to actually manually express the glands with a forcep type device that's provided by the company. I know what the Lipaflow device looks like, because uh, right. I have one, uh, and I know what the um, actuator looks like that goes in, in, the, in the patient's eye. Uh-huh. The tear care therapy, that is something that sticks on to, to the lids. Can you tell me about what, what, what it is, what it looks like? Yeah, no, great question. So the tear care device comes with a pair of what they call smart lids. And the smart lids are an adhesive device, very thin, very lightweight. It's an adhe- a device that has adhesive and it sticks onto the eyelid, both the upper and lower lid. <clears throat> and the, and these um, the adhesive actually well some people think, refer to it mainly as a like a sticker it's really not an appropriate term because it's actually uh, a very uh, high tech device that sends signals um, to a hub which is a, which is very small um, and and that communicates with the hub and, and there's constant communication between the smart lid device that's placed on the eyes externally. So everything's external and it's constantly communicating with the hub, um, sending feedback to monitor and to provide a constant heat 
to the islet and the glands. So again, from a patient perspective, though, it's very simplistic looking, although I just wanted to elaborate on actually it's more high tech than it may look at first glance. But to, to a patient perspective and even to the physician perspective, it looks like a very simple um, set of stickers that go on the upper lid and the lower lid. Um, and patient can, the patient can open and close their eyes. There's nothing going in the eye. So very simple to set up. Uh, and then once you have that onto the eye, like I said, there's um, wires that connect the smart lids to this small round disc called the smart hub. And this is really like the brain of the device and that's controlling the temperature and, and setting the time. Um, so after you've done that, procedure. So again, like you were asking, the patient can sit in a chair, they can walk around, they can open their eyes, they can look at their cell phone, um, things like that, while they have this device. It's nothing is going inside the eye. And it's, it's actually very easy to place. Um, after the heating procedure is done, then the patient goes to the slit lamp, place a drop of preparacaine or tetrapain, some kind of anesthetic agent. And then as a clinician, you would then provide manual expression to the eyelids in order to extract the melted mybum. Now, how how long is the uh, the, the the heating process with the applicators? It is, good question. It's uh, fifteen minutes. So I mean, it's uh, comparable in very comparable in duration. Yeah, but the uh, heat is um, is provided to the to the outside of the, the, the external surface of the uh, lid, Correct. Uh, not just from the, from the inside. Yes. And then the expression that's done just with, with standard mybomian gland forceps? Um, yes. So um, basically the device that they give, with the Sight Science is the company that um, create, makes the tear care. It's basically like a, a, a forceps device. It almost looks like a hockey stick, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but it's two paired hockey sticks that are connected. And if you imagine like a forcep, so there's basically two little paddles on each side and you simply, while the patient's sitting at the slam, you simply place the device over each eyelid in certain seg segments. You have to go multiple times throughout one eyelid because it's, sure, of um, course. you know, only a few millimeters long. So you're going through and you're compressing the lid in between these two um, hockey stick like paddle device um, that you're compressing and it's just squeezing out the glands. So tell me, um, what, tell, tell me what the design of the study was and what your findings were. And then I want to talk about that. Oh, sure. So the study was, like we had mentioned, a prospective randomized double mask control trial. And it was comparing the safety and effectiveness of the two of these two commercially available treatments, which is tear care, like we had discussed um, just a few minutes ago. And then the one that um, has been around much longer and people are familiar with called Lipiflow. So again, taking these two devices and comparing them in a head-to-head -head study, basically looking at signs of dry eye, including the OSDI scores, mybomian gland scores, tear break of time, all these factors, cornea and conjunctival staining, all of these parameters were looked at pre and post treatment. So all patients were randomized to receive one of the two procedures. The procedure was then performed, whichever one they received, and then patients were followed up afterwards. And again, all of these parameters were evaluated. After the study was performed, um, the data were analyzed. How much time passed 
between the treatment and that sort of post-op visit where you you looked at these parameters? Four weeks. Four weeks. Okay. So, I mean, just so, it wasn't same day. That's all that yeah. I wanted to make sure. No, no, yeah. no. It was, it was four weeks. And, you know, four weeks was decided. And as you, as you know, you and I know, um, we think that dry eye can continue to get better even longer than a month after a treatment. Mm-hmm. But the we wanted to create something that was manageable and, and looking at an exact point of time. So it was one month. So patients had a baseline visit, the treatment, and then they were analyzed for four weeks after. So it was a total of a one-month study. Mm-hmm. So what did you find? Tell me. So we found that basically tear care was non-inferior to lipoflow after evaluation at one month. The tear breakup time and the meibomian gland scores improved in both groups. The, uh, the different, the OSDI scores were improved or reduced um, after treatment as well. And conjunctival and corneal staining was also improved. So all of the endpoints were met. All endpoints were improved after treatments in both groups. They did find that the tear care group did consistently show better improvement in tear breakup time, meibomian gland score, and the ocular surface disease index. However, again, it was a non-inferiority study, so it was not statistically significant, but it was interesting to note that the tear tear care group did seem to show consistently better results. Um, There were no device-related adverse events in either group. I think that it, it showed that tear care is at least equivalent to Lipiflow, uh, which is exciting news that we can now, you know, use tear care as well in our armamentarium, uh, mybomian gland and dry eye treatments. So let, let, let me ask you this. What, what is the, if the two therapies are comparable, what is the advantage of, of tear care? I think the advantage to tear care is the fact that you don't have the device going inside the eye. I think that helps with patient comfort. It also helps in the fact that you could potentially have a team member of yours start the treatment. And then you as a physician could come in after the end of the 15 minute warming period and perform the more technical aspect of the procedure, which is the expression of the glands. I think this can help with your clinic flow. Uh, I, I, I perform the treatment myself on my patients and I have my staff start the treatment. The, they apply the smart load device, start the warming, and I come in after the 15 minutes. So it's really helped the flow. And again, even more importantly than that though, I think there's the whole aspect of patient comfort. You know, they don't have to have a device in their eye. They can actually see while they're having the warming for 15 minutes, they don't have to lay there without being able to see. And then again, I think there's more patient comfort for that. What about the the consumable cost? Are, are they comparable? Is one of them cheaper than the other? The consumable part is actually very similar now um, to each other. There's not much of a difference in consumable cost. The capital outlay is less for getting tier care currently for actually getting the the basic device, the smart hub part, and the consumables are, are, are fairly close to each other in price. It, do you, so it, 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 maybe I'm simplifying things because I, I, you know, I, I have not seen tear care performed. Um, the, the sole function of the applicator 
is to maintain the uh, lid at a at a target temperature. Uh, and uh, that, that's 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 correct, right? I mean, of of the yes. thing that we're okay. Correct. So, um, to the extent that the results um, you found, even though you you weren't the, the the study wasn't powered to make a judgment about which therapy is better, uh, to the extent that you found uh, some results better with tear care, and because we know that Lipaflow does warm the the uh, lids. Do you, have you given any thought with your Lipaflow patients to doing manual expression after the Lipaflow treatment? So that's a really great question. And actually, um, I, yeah, you read my mind because I also meant to say that in, in reality, the, also another advantage to tear care is the manual expression. With Lipaflow, as you know, you are getting expression by the pulsation of the actuators, but we know that it's about, you know, it's, three PSI. Um, so it, it's, it's not as much pressure as, as you could do yourself. Um, so I think there is some benefit to the clinician actually expressing the glands him, him or herself, um, because you can probably apply more pressure and, and, and also tailor it to the actual glands that may be possibly more problematic that you can see on your exam. Um, but so yeah, back to your earlier question, um, yes, I've definitely thought of it because I think that tear care by allowing you to do the manual expression, I think it's important. And I, I think that that could be done. I mean, it may make sense what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, if the two products are comparable and I have one, it doesn't sound like there's an overwhelming case for, uh, me to switch, but obviously I want to optimize, uh, the results that, 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 that the patients get now Lipaflow is part of, um, of a treatment and diagnostic package that includes LipaScan. I make my judgment about who to treat about 90% based on what I see with LipaScan. How do you assess who to treat with tear care? Um, similar, actually the same, because I don't have a LipaScan, but I do have another mybography device. And I also will use that on patients that I am suspicious of evaporative dry eye, my Bowman gland dysfunction. Of course, you know, doing a careful slow lab exam, looking at the external uh, lid structures and assessing, you know, the my Bowman glands um, through the slow lamp. And then from there, if there's a suspicion and of course patient symptoms, then, you know, I will then use my own mybographer that I have to analyze the glands. And from there, I can make a decision and show the patient as well. So I think I think it's important with whatever technology. And don't get me wrong; I think all both I have both devices. I think both devices work great. Um, I think I think that you still want to use the same mindset though, and the same treatment planning and an algorithm to say, "Hey, who am I going to use one of these treatments yeah. on?" Yeah. Well, th this is great, Jennifer. I mean, it, it, it's I'm 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 enthusiastic about ophthalmologists that I speak to with projects generally. That's that's just mm -hmm. me and I get juiced, you know, doing this sort of stuff. But I'll tell you, this this is a conversation that's going to immediately change my my practice because um I I think I mean I have all of the equipment for it and I I I will uh, certainly give a serious thought to expressing patients manually even after mm -hmm. after lipoflow treatment. This was yeah. really, really, really great. 
No, for sure. It's a great idea. It really is. I, you know, I've even done it on patients who can't afford to have any treatment. Sometimes I just express them a little in the office. Right. No, so do I. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing what you get, you know? Yes. I mean, it it's, it's, it's disturbing, but yes, it's amazing in a strange way. Yes. <laughs> Jennifer, I want to thank you very much for, for bringing this really cool topic uh, to us and, um, you. you know, being so, uh, clear with 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 the way that that you that you lay things out and as always for being so very generous with your time with me oh not at all the pleasure was all mine thank you so much for including me and inviting me to be part of your program jennifer lowe is in practice at low ophthalmology in miami florida ask questions of dr lowe or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed these interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at onticmind.com. A Scene From Here is a production of Ontic Mind Consulting. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.